Welcome to the In The Cut Fantasy Sports Podcast with your hosts, John Fish and Ryan Venancio. What is up, everyone? Welcome back into episode four of the In The Cut Fantasy Sports Podcast. We have a round table tonight. If you're watching live on Twitter, you can see that we have a draft uh, board going right now, and it is a $150 draft champions. This is my fourth of the draft season, and uh, we got we got James Anderson, who's it's his first. We got Lucas Bieri, it's his first. Ryan, I believe this is your is this your third, fourth, third, third. third yeah. How about you, uh, Giuseppe? I think I've been in all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Good. What, for is you, that, man. what is that? Nine? Yeah, I think so. That's what we like to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll just go over the. Uh, we'll just review the draft board a little bit, and we'll, um, you know, kind of get some some thoughts of uh, of our guests this evening. And this is our first show with guests, so uh, I've been looking forward to it. These are three guys that I, I wanted to have on at some point in the, um, the draft season, and we were fortunate enough to get all three of them on at once. So uh, let's just uh, let's dive right into it. Um, James, you were uh, you were the one pick. Um, your first draft, beginner's luck, apparently, and you land uh, land Jokic. Was there is there anybody else in consideration for you there at the at one? No, it was it was a great feeling. I, I think it's it's a pretty easy call. Um, I mean, I think the only reason to go a different direction would be to diversify if you already had Jokic in a bunch of leagues or something. But I, it was an easy call for me. Yeah, that's uh, Ryan and I kind of talked about it before. We just think that there's there's really nobody else that's even in consideration. He's gone first in in every single every single draft. And uh, in our last episode, we kind of went over how like it's it's pretty easy to to build around him, right? Because he's just so elite in pretty much every category. Um, so yeah, it was interesting to see uh, how you were going to uh, um, build off of that, you know, because we kind of voiced our opinions in the last episode. So. You uh, went with Pascal Siakam with your second pick. Is that uh, somebody you were targeting, or is that um, just somebody who would who'd fall into you? Were you looking to target other players in that range? What were your thoughts with that? I, I was really hoping that he would come back uh, once. You know, I, I, I did sort of want to go with a, a forward there if all things were equal, because I knew I liked uh, a lot of the guards later. And... Um, I was kind of between like I, I liked Cunningham a decent amount. I would have considered him if he was there, um, but I really wanted Siakam once Cunningham was gone. I, I think he's he's a nice guy to pair with Jokic because they both sort of do everything. So you're still very flexible from there. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. That's uh, that's one of my big targets, and I actually was considering him. Uh, I was drafting right next to you, and I was considering him uh, with my second pick. I've said him. I've said the whole time, I think he and Cade Cunningham should be second round picks and uh, very, very early in the draft season, which were still early, but the first couple of drafts, they were both going in the third round. So um, the board is tightening up a little bit as we get closer to the season, closer to camp. And I, I love that pick. Uh, like I said, I was thinking about taking them as well. Um, now your third round pick was somebody who I thought that I was going to be able to get actually in, in the in the fourth round. So I thought I I rolled the dice um, 
and and let them go to you and of course you scoop them up and that's evan mobley uh to me it's the perfect fit with Jokic because you got you need to get those blocks right is that kind of what you were thinking there yeah i mean mobley wasn't even that far down for me like at two like if siakam had been gone and it's like anthony edwards had been gone i would have been kind of between mobley and gobert in the second round so like uh, really, really one of those blocks that come back. And I kind of like that he's at least forward eligible um, because then it doesn't put as much pressure on you to get the one-and-a-half block type of guy with your second forward spot. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And then, yeah, you go Chris Paul because of the third-round reversal, so you're picking that, you know, last pick of third round and the first pick of the fourth round. Um, Chris Paul, was that just something you needed? You were looking to grab some more assists after, you know, Siakam and Mobley kind of don't – Siakam does get you some assists. Mobley, you're not going to get very many at all. So is that something uh, you're targeting there with Paul? Yeah, the assists and the free throw percentage, uh, like, you know, when, when you're picking there, it's 23 picks until you're picking again. And the type of assist options there, like D'Angelo Russell didn't even make it back. So I I wanted to get one more um, volume assist guy there before it was my fifth round pick. Yeah, it makes total sense. If you look at kind of the look at the draft board, like end of the fifth, early sixth, um, this is kind of why I took Giddy in the fifth. Uh, you know, just the, the assists really starting to it's kind of start to disappear a little bit, right? So if you don't, you know, if you don't attack it heavily in those first few picks, you're gonna be, be kind of kind of behind the eight ball. So you're picking at the end of the fifth, and you go with the rookie, the number one pick in the draft, Paulo Bancaro. Uh, are you expecting big things from here from him this year? I'm really not sure what to expect. I obviously I could see you know an elite ceiling, but is there gonna be a you know rookie learning curve? Is that somebody you were uh definitely targeting right there? Uh I wanted to go Jalen Green and Boncaro at that turn, but uh Ryan sniped me on green. But yeah, I, I did want uh Bancaro there. Uh I think he's got a pretty fantasy friendly game. Um uh, the usage, I think, I, like I think he's just going to be kind of their primary creator um, as a rookie, despite being a power forward. So I think the rebounds and assists will be pretty solid. Uh, and then, you know, maybe sixteen points a game, seventeen points a game, something like that. And uh, I think he's going to get enough dunks and layups and stuff that his field goal percentage will be fine. Uh, might struggle to shoot it from three as a rookie, but I still think he'll shoot enough three-pointers where he's given you a decent amount of those and just hope that the free throw percentage is kind of mid-70s, something like that. So um, I think he's got a really fancy-friendly game because of the situation he's in. Yeah, he's got – he should, you know, have a pretty high usage rate being on Orlando. And, yeah, like you said, he's got that really nice all-around game. So definitely makes sense. And, you know, you and I had kind of talked a couple of weeks ago about how we were, you know – we're both kind of in the same boat. We didn't target the forwards enough last year and they thin out. And it's just, uh, it's just one of those things. You kind of got to, you got to go after those forwards early. Uh, we're just going to go over the first six rounds. So we'll just, we'll, we'll close your, uh, close your team off with uh, Christian Wood, Dallas. I was really excited about him going to Dallas. Um, but then I kind of read some reports that he might be coming off the bench. I don't know if that, you know, how much that's going to affect him. If, if he's even cool with that, or if that's even going to happen. Um, but I like that he's a forward center eligible player um, that having that nice flexible flexibility is, is fantastic. Um, what are you seeing from Christian Wood this year? 
Yeah, similar um, to you. Like, I, I really loved it when it first happened. Um, kind of annoying the whole thing about uh, JaVale McGee being promised the starting job. But, uh, I, I mean, I think Wood is arguably the second best offensive player on the Mavs. So they're just going to need him to score, uh, whether he's coming off the bench or not. So maybe he gets 28 minutes. Like, I could see JaVale McGee being like a 20-minute, 20 22-minute starter where he, he starts, but he doesn't finish. And, like, Wood's never played with anyone that can throw lobs like Luca can. So I just – I think that could be a really nice pick-and-roll combo. Yeah, I agree. Um, he's going to play, right? I mean, whether it's off the bench or, or starting. I think he would look great as a starting power forward with McGee at center. Um, I mean, I don't think they would – defend well enough there but may i mean yeah i, I don't know i feel like with wood, with wood uh in the pick and roll with Doncic, he's gonna have the easiest opportunities he's ever seen for step up step into wide open threes or you know run into the paint he's just gonna have so much better opportunities considering he's only been on bad teams throughout his career and you're right about mcgee he's not a 30 minute a night player so even if mcgee does start he's only getting 18, 20 minutes, plus he fouls out a bunch. Wood's going to play um, plenty, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I was drafted from the two slot right next to James. Um, this is my first uh, time drafting um, in the in the very front half of the draft. Um, so, yeah, I was I was thrilled to get Embiid. I just love that. It's basically just kind of coming down to health, right, and he's kind of shown that he's able to stay healthy recently so hopefully those trends continue he's just got such a great all-around game getting that getting that center to get to the free throw line at the, at the rate he does and that's just, that's just I, I can't stress it enough like getting that getting that elite free throw percent with a high volume in the first round pick it just pays dividends throughout the rest of your draft so he's kind of a no-brainer for me at two yeah i was gonna say we hadn't really talked about who um our second player was um but the more i've done drafts and the more I've done like research, I think Embiid is the clear cut number two. Um, I, I don't know who I think Kevin Durant might be a close third, but I, I think you have to go Embiid if you get the second pick, especially because of how centers dry up. I, I like Embiid as well, but I just um, I was saying to Fish the other day on Twitter, I just feel like his range of outcomes might be a little bit wider than some of the people you're picking at second because um, last year was almost like a perfect storm for him. And uh, he ended up finishing, I think, second or third overall uh, based on like basketball monsters. So I I'm just thinking um, in the past, he's always had someone like um, his his second with him would be like, uh, you know, Jimmy Butler, who would take time off, etc. I'm a little concerned that maybe considering that it's, um, you know, they've got Terry Maxey, they've got um, Harden, who doesn't really, he's not really injury prone generally. Um, they might be willing to give him some days off, especially if he's a little bit, um, you know, injury prone like he has in the past, etc. So, I mean, he played the most games ever, I think, last year. Um, so I just think the range of outcomes might be a little bit, I'd probably still take him at two as well, but I, 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 I don't know if I'd really sleep well with it. Um, I think I would have, I, I'd probably take a Durant or even maybe uh, a Giannis and, and figure out the free throw percentage later on um, just because I'm not as concerned with, with those players. 
Yeah, that makes sense. It makes total sense. You know, it's kind of funny in these drafts. I was looking at the ADP and kind of where everybody's going. And like that that number two pick, I think there's been like six different players who have gone second already. Yeah, it's 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 tough. I think it's tough to pick at number two because I think a lot of different players could finish there. But again, like Embiid probably is the most likely to finish there out of those players. But I also think out of those players, he might be the most likely to bust as well, right? So it's kind of like a larger range of outcomes. You're totally right about that, and the same thing goes for Durant. I mean, Durant's dealt with a lot of uh, leg issues, foot issues in the in the last couple of years, and he could easily go down and miss 20, 30 games. So yeah, definitely, you're yeah. taking on that risk when you take Durant and Embiid. 100%. I think Durant, though, is going to come out firing because either he's got something to prove or he he want, he's just playing us all and wants to get traded, and they're just playing games with the, with the entire, like, we made up stuff, right? So... Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's. I think a lot of people have the argument for number two. I'm. I'm just most comfortable with Embiid there. I just. I really like locking in that center. You know, it's, I just do don't know guys, what center is going to be there at the end of the second. So, how do you guys do your KDS? Like, or do you guys just mix it up? Like, is two a non-preferable spot to be? I just went straight one through twelve for this one. Um, I've drafted a couple times already at the back end which I love, but I want to make sure that I get, you know, kind of, you know, diversifying a little bit. If you, if you get to play high volume, you kind of have to diversify a little bit. Otherwise it doesn't really make sense to play high volume. Gotcha. So I just went, yeah, I went straight. Obviously I was hoping for the number one pick. I <laughs> have never had it in basketball. So um, yeah, that's what I did. What about you guys? Uh, with mine, I had uh, my KDS set for one, two uh, to begin. Cause I just wanted to get one of those elite centers since it seems like at times you're kind of a little overpaying for center. So getting one of Jokic or Embiid, you're happy with that, um, even though there is injuries. Um, and then six, seven, eight, nine was my next because I wanted to get either one of Luka Doncic or Jason Tatum. And I felt like, um, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, I, I would have had a shot at one or one of them there. Uh, for me personally, um, I – always pick number one, obviously, as my first choice, given it's Jokic. And then um, I guess depending on how my drafts are going, because I'm in so many of them, I kind of change the next few picks. But I tend to um, have the 8 to 12 range uh, before I do the 2 to 6 range, just because I'm I'm pretty indifferent with... um, picks two to six whereas if i get a pick in the uh eight to 12 range uh i feel like there's about 16 guys that could potentially be first rounders depending on on uh the range of outcomes and so if i can snag two of those guys by the 15th pick then maybe that makes up some of the difference from not uh having Jokic because there's such a big difference between Jokic and number two yeah, it is a huge. Yeah. It is a huge advantage getting Jokic. Um, I usually, I'm basically straightforward one through twelve. I might switch it up a bit, like uh, like you just based on who I have. Um, so I have a share of Harden, and now I have Durant. Um, and then the first draft I had a uh, pick twelve. Um, so I'd really just do it based on that. I I like the players in the front, like in rounds one through four based on ADP. So I, I lean towards starting one, two, three, four. And then in the back, I'll like mix up five, six, seven, eight, nine, you know, all that. 
Yeah, I generally um, will put the back half. I'll go with one, obviously, first, and then I'll put the back half, like 11, 10, 11, 12. I'll put those as my usually my next options. I just love the third-round reversal, just being able to get, you know, I love that early third round. I think those players are super elite um, compared to the late third, and I think you're getting – I think there's like 15, 16 legit first-round picks, but obviously there's only 12, so – when you're picking at the back end, I feel like you're getting almost two first round picks to start the draft. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of that's kind of how I like to do things. Um, so, so I'm surprised. So going going to your uh, your draft fish, you started off in bead. I'm surprised you went Paul George with the with your second round pick. Not because Paul George isn't amazing, it's just that you're taking on a lot of risk with Embiid and Paul George. Uh, explain your thought process going PG thirteen yeah. there. Yeah, I, for me, Embiid is just – he's not as big of a risk anymore. Like, if I see him have a healthy season, I, I kind of – obviously, he's, he still does. But in my mind, he doesn't anymore, right? Like, he, he's played healthy, so he's fine now. So, like, I don't know. That's yeah. kind of the way I look at it. Paul George, um, yeah, this was this was a tough pick. I really don't like the back half of the second round. Um, I was going to go Cade Cunningham, but, uh, of course, you took him. I was actually really considering – going Darius Garland if he was there. And I know there's been some, you know, the trade happened and, you know, some people might be a little down on him. I thought maybe he'd slip there to the back of the uh, the back half. I think he pairs like really well with Embiid. And then I was in my, my initial thought was I might go Cleveland stack. Cause I just, for some reason, I just love their, their fantasy game. I was thinking about going Embiid, Garland, Mobley and, and Jared Allen. If, if that was, you know, a possibility that was, that wasn't my thought process, but yeah, for, for Paul George, obviously he's got a lot of, you know, injury issues that, to me last year, the, the injury was just a, a fluke injury, right? It's an elbow, like it's like a baseball injury. So it's kind of, kind of crazy. He did come back last year. So I was happy to see that. So I'm not as concerned with him this year, but of course there's going to be something else that'll probably pop up. You just hope that, you know, it's not, not major and he can get to at least 60 games. His per game numbers are phenomenal. Even with um, with uh, Kawhi back, like he's he's going to have a high usage rate. It's not going to be as high as last year, but he's still going to provide really really good stats and points. Uh, rebounds are good. He chips in with assists. His steals are uh, elite. He had two over two steals a game last year, and he hits a ton of threes. And I think the field goal percentage will come back just because now defenses will have to you know pay attention to Kawhi a little bit where they were just basically focused on PG all last year so I think his field goal percent will come back and his free throw percent is really good too so yeah I I really like his all-around game you just you have to pray for health with him yeah like you said the per game numbers he um on my projections he's ranked as the 17th player on a per game basis so I mean you're getting a second round talent no doubt it's just a matter of health um and then you paired Paul George and Embiid with DeMar DeRozan. Um, obviously, he's a little light on threes, but DeRozan is as good of a scorer as you're going to get in the third round. So explain your process there. Yeah, um, this is this is the pick that, to me, it kind of alters your draft, right? Because um, he doesn't hit a lot of threes. And – it's tough to take that on as a with a guard. Now he's got elite percentages, um, but yeah, you don't have a ton of threes with Embiid. Paul George will hit a lot of threes, but then you're taking 
not a zero in threes, but you know, pretty, pretty close when you're taking a guard that early. So I thought I was going to be able to get Mobley in the fourth. So I was, I thought I was going to lock up, you know, get a, get a huge shot blocker. I was really surprised to see team three, take miles Turner right before me. My hope was miles Turner would still be there and I could go to Rosen and then take one of Mobley or Turner in the fourth, but they both went or uh, Turner went. So um, I rolled the dice, thought I could get Mobley in the fourth. Normally I would just, I would just hammer Mobley there. Um, but yeah, so I, yeah, I, I, I like DeRozan. Don't get me wrong. He's going to have a pretty much, I think he's going to repeat last year. Elite field goal percent, um, terrific free throw percent. And he, the volume at both of those are just sky high. So yeah, um, it kind of sets you back though, right? Like now you got to really target uh, blocks. You got to target assists throughout the kind of the rest of the draft. So that kind of, altered the, the the plan essentially for for the remainder of my draft yeah and even though you had paul george and Embiid, that's kind of like a little bit of an injury concern even if you paired them with miles turner i feel like miles turner i don't know how everybody else feels about turner but when someone is that good in one category it's like turner almost averages three blocks per game do you really care if he's injury prone because he's almost winning you the category even if he plays like 50 games so it's almost like i don't even really care if he's an injury-prone kind of guy. It's sort of like Robert Williams on a smaller scale. He's not quite as injury-prone as Williams, but um, he's still, like, winning you blocks by himself. Yeah, and he chips it in threes, too, Miles Turner does. And he's forward, center eligible. I like that. Um, just allows you flexibility throughout the rest of your draft. Now, I don't have any Miles Turner yet. Um, the one thing I do get a little bit concerned with is the lack um, – he's not really an, an elite rebounder. But I do think he would have went really well with me already having Embiid because Embiid is an elite rebounder. So, yeah, I yeah I, I'm all I'm completely in on Miles Turner. I got no problem with him. Now there is some issues. Does he get traded? I don't think. I don't know. I feel like it's getting to the point where teams are just gonna kind of go with it until the trade deadline. At this point, yeah. If there's a, if there's an injury or something that pops up, maybe he gets traded. But it's most likely gonna happen at the deadline. You think it'll happen eventually just because um, I believe he's getting paid a pretty decent amount of money in Indiana doesn't want to take that on. Yeah. 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 My fourth pick. Uh, so Aiden, this is one of those, it's one of those things, one of those players I was kind of just, I, I'm like, I felt like, all right, I got to take him. Let's get that second center out of the way. Let's be done with it. I like to have two good centers and, I hope his blocks can come back. He's been very bad in that category for a couple of years now running. I think it's three years in a row now his blocks have gone down. So I'm hoping with his contract now settled, I hope he can settle in. He's not going to get traded. He's He can just settle in and play. And I need those blocks to come back. <laughs> uh, but he's going to be he's going to be a really good scorer for my second center. He's going to be a good rebounder, uh, really good field goal percent. So I just I felt like I kind of just had to lock him in, but again with him and DeRozan, like I'm getting like no no threes. So I'm, I've kind of dug myself a little bit of a hole. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I I liked the Aiton pick. Uh, he's safe in my opinion. You know you're gonna get 15 or so points, 10 or so rebounds, a block a game, and he has really good free throw percentage for a center, um, which is nice. Um, and then we can pair the last two picks together 
I'm not a fan of either of these players, so it's cool that you drafted them. You know, I have different perspectives. <laughs> Josh Giddy and, and, and Julius Randle. Um, they're both like bad percentage stat stuffers, but you still need those counting stats um, for the middle of rounds because you're going to get, you know, you're going to get a ton of rebounds and assists um, from Randall at a forward spot, which is really rare. And from Giddy, who's going to all the minutes he can handle in Oklahoma. Yeah. I mean, you basically said it like these guys, neither one of these guys shoot at an elite percent at really either, either of them field goal or free throw, but I feel like I established both of those really well with those first four picks. So I was totally fine with, with absorbing that. I needed, I needed to take Giddy. Um, D'Angelo Russell was my other option there, but Russell went right before me. I needed a sis and I think he's going to be an elite contributor and in, in sis. Um, I think he's going to have a ton of triple doubles. Uh, that's just the kind of player he is. And, you know, I think he was only 19 last year. So I think he's got all kinds of upside. He already showed like what he could do. Now he doesn't hit a lot of threes. So that, again, <laughs> I continue to dig a hole in the, in the three point category. Um, if you can't tell, this isn't one of my favorite builds I've ever had. Uh, <laughs> doesn't sound like a two throw. But, yeah, I'm no. I mean, I like the players. It's just, um, yeah, it's tough. It, it, I don't like digging a hole in assists and threes. I mean, threes I can come back a little bit on. Assists are very tough too. So. That's that's Giddy was a like stone cold lock pick for me there. I don't really like Randall's situation. Um, like I think with Brunson and Barrett, it's kind of weird that all three of them are left-handed. But um, like weird. with Brunson and Barrett, like I just think Randall and they're going to want to play Toppin, and they're not going to want to play Toppin and Randall together. I just I think he's going to take a step back in usage. I could also see him being a trade candidate. Like, he doesn't fit on that team. Like you said, Toppin is their future at the forward position. Um, Brunson and Barrett are going to handle the ball. Randall doesn't really fit. Like, you don't need three ball handlers, and he's a huge ball stopper. So I I don't see his production, like, massively falling off if he gets traded somewhere, but um, I could definitely see him being dealt. Yeah, for Randall, for me, I mean, it's – it's a sixth round pick and where is he going in last year's drafts? Like second, third round. Um, it's a forward. I needed a forward. Um, like you said, Ryan, I, he's, he finished last year, I think uh, fourth among all forwards in, in assists and second in rebounds. So I just wanted to, I wanted to add him because I think I, maybe his usage takes a little bit of a step back, but he's still going to get, get the minutes. He's still going to, I think he's still going to go about 20, 10 and five. And I just don't, it's tough to find that in the, in the sixth round. Yeah. On the other it, side too, he actually has a point guard this year in Brunson. So maybe Brunson could do a better job of setting him up and he's not as much um, of a ball handler. Maybe his field goal percentage will go up because he's going to get better shots. Yeah. It's somebody that I've, I've never had in fantasy before. Um, he's really never been a target, but I'm just seeing that sixth round. I just, if you look at the sixth round in this draft, literally every single player has some kind of a hole, or, you know, some kind of an issue. And no, um, no doubt. I'll, I just like getting that again, a forward. I like to get these forwards early. And I think the, I think the, I think it's very possible that he doesn't quite rebound to what he did uh, two years ago. 
but I think he can split the difference between two years ago and last year and not be such a drain on field goal percent. Um, two years ago, he shot 81% from the free throw line. So last year he was, uh, I think, 75. Now he does get to the line a lot. So um, I do need to – I can't let him take another step back. You know, I can't go 72 73%. Otherwise, you're really digging yourself a hole in free throw percent. Um, yeah. But if he can go like 77 78%, I think that would be really good. I, I would sign up for that right now. So, Ryan, you uh, drafted from the four spot. Durant, anybody else even in question there for you? No, I was taking Durant all the way. Um, by the third pick, I'd probably still take Durant. And, uh, you know, I understand why Giannis is going that high. I just don't – I want to keep my options open after my first-round pick. I don't want to, after literally just after the first round, have to take players to mask my best players' weaknesses. And even though, like we said before, Giannis shoots you know around 73, 75% from the line, he could improve to 78, 80. Uh, it's not likely, but it, I mean, it's possible. Like players have, he's improved his free throw percentage as he's gotten older. But it's just not something I want to worry about uh, with the rest of the draft. And Durant, in my opinion, is a clear uh, top three pick. Yeah, same for me. Anybody else object to that? I'd, uh, I'd, be, I'd be surprised if he goes... Anytime in the second half of the draft, I think I got him in my first first draft at like or second draft at like pick seven, I think, or eight, somewhere in there. Um, wow. Yeah, to me, uh, he's to me he's top top four for sure. Durant is just one of the few players. Him and Jokic, I feel like, are like the only two players that don't hurt you in a category. And even the blocks, getting a full block per game, is just pretty wild for a guy that's you know one of the best scorers in the game. So it's it's a great pick and. I think, you know, even if there is a little bit of injury risk, I mean, a lot of players have that. So I think it's a, a great pick. And at number two, he's de- definitely in play. Yeah, absolutely. Pick two, you take my guy, of course. Uh, <laughs> these next two rounds, you took both of my guys. That's probably why I don't like my team as much. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the second pick, you go Cade Cunningham. Um, this got to be getting pretty close to his min pick here, right? I think he's gone in the second maybe a couple times, but um, yeah, Cade, Cade paired with Durant. I really like it. Um, who were some other guys you were thinking right there? Um, So I was targeting – I was targeting Cade all the way. I don't really love this area of the draft. Siakam's a great pick there. I don't really love George again because of the injuries. Uh, Donovan Mitchell I like, but I'm not sure – He's as good of Cade as like a potential first round, you know, output just because of the situation. You don't know what the usage is going to be between him and Garland. Um, I, I was kind of going Cade all the way. And I think he can be a first round. I, I think he'd be a top 12 player this year. Um, I think you're going to get more than 20 points between 20, and 25 points, six rebounds, six assists on, you know, really good free throw percentage. The field goal should improve. You know, he was 20, 21 years old last year. Um, and you could see as the season progressed, he just got better and better. You know, he has the keys to that offense. He's going to have a really high usage. Um, I could see him taking a Lonzo Ball like like step uh, this year and being, you know, a top 12, 15 player. So, so Ryan, I, I really love what you did there. And uh, I'm assuming you loved what I did too because we uh, flipped our picks from our previous DC. 
So yes. you, you, I went Durant Cunningham in the previous DC, and you went Harden James. So that was actually funny. I, I only realized that after the fact. I didn't even realize that. I didn't realize you had uh, Durant in the last draft. So I know you yeah. had Cade because you yeah. took him in the second. I didn't realize you also had Durant. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. yeah. That's funny. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I like both of your both of your starts. It's tough to go tough to go wrong with either one of those. So Ryan, round three, uh, again, just like Kate taking my guy, take my other guy, Jared Allen. Um, I love it. This is to me. You took him over uh, Robert Williams. You took him over Aiton. I completely agree with 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 that decision. Was a center your target here, or um, what, what were you thinking here? Because you got obviously two really well rounded players with Durant and Cunningham, uh, forward and a guard. Was center your your main goal here in round three? Yeah, so I know even though you and James both had centers already, I thought there was a chance you might double up. Um, I don't know, Mobley. Mobley is a center, but he's forward eligible. So James like kind of cheated. He got like a center without getting a center. Um, <laughs> and I know you were going to take Allen if I didn't take him. Oh yeah. I just, <laughs> I just don't love like. I don't love Vucevic, even though he's a good player. He doesn't get enough blocks for the center position. Porzingis is so freaking talented, but he can't stay healthy. Same thing with Robert Williams. So I was either going to take Allen or wait, hope you guys didn't take him. And if you did, I would take DeAndre Ayton. So Ayton might have fell to me if I didn't take Allen. Um, and I maybe could have taken like Chris Paul or something with my third pick. But I just really like what Allen gives you in rebounds, blocks, and his field goal percentages through the roof. So I just thought even though, you know, he's not great in free throw, I don't really care because no, none of the centers are. So you're taking that hit regardless. Um, I thought just Allen was the best center on the board. Yeah, I completely agree. He gets the big man stats that you need from the big man, right? And that's, uh, yeah, sign me up all day for Jared Allen. Love it. Uh, Chris Middleton in the fourth. Any concern with um, the, the, the off-season surgery? Um, any concern with that at all? No, it was, a, it was a wrist injury on his non-shooting hand, so I'm not worried at all. Um, I know he's going to miss like the first five or seven games or whatever. Don't really care about that. Um, I was just going to take the best forward on the board no matter what. Um, Kawhi is incredible. He's, he's going to be a first-round player on a per-game basis. I just... You know, I don't know if he's going to play back-to-backs, any back-to-backs, let alone a few. Um, he missed, I believe he missed the entire season last year. He either played a little bit of games or he missed the whole year. Uh, I'm not 100% sure, but you know, I just, I can't trust him staying on the court. Um, and I already have that risk with Durant. So I want Middleton is such a safe player to me, even though he's coming off an injury of his own. He's such a safe player in terms of production. And staying on the court, I um, that was a no-brainer pick for me. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I love that your first four picks are. You just got such a great base for for this for your you know to round out your, your draft. Um, yeah, I got I have no issues with Chris Middleton there. Uh, so round five, you kind of this is where we kind of get into the, um, you know, chasing maybe a little upside. You go with Jalen Green. Um, we kind of talked in the previous episode how we thought that Houston Rockets players were very undervalued 
Um, was this uh, an instance here where you, where you was green your 100% main target here, or uh, did somebody go that you were maybe looking to you know take at that at that position? Uh, you know, guard. Um, that's your second guard. So uh, talk to me about Jalen Green. And no, I was targeting. I think I'm getting a third, fourth round player uh, in the fifth round. Um, he's a huge breakout target for me. Uh, at the end of last year, he went ballistic in the last 10 or so games. And you kind of have to be wary of that. That doesn't always translate to the next season. And, um, you know, obviously he's not going to shoot for that high of a field goal percentage. I'm hoping it settles in between the 44, 46% range. But again, same thing as Cunningham. He was a rookie last year. He got better and better as the year went on. Um, he's going to score a ton of points. He has the keys to that offense. He could be um, a three, three per game kind of guy. So that's huge getting in the fifth round for someone that, you know, is the highest usage on his team while averaging three threes a game. And he shouldn't really kill me anywhere. So again, I think I'm getting a third, fourth round value in the fifth round. Uh, he's a huge target for me in the fifth round. Yeah, the upside's there. It's definitely there. The opportunity is there. Uh, no more Christian Wood in Houston. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of his team, right? Um, he's, he should be running running the show, get as much usage as he can. Round six, you attack your uh, second center. Wendell Carter, um, no concern about um, maybe the lack of blocks. Obviously, he's going to play a lot. Um, he should play a pretty good amount of, of minutes and really elite rebounder. But if I remember correctly, I don't think he was an elite shot blocker. Not that you really needed it, but um, talk to me about Wendell Carter. Yeah, he's not going to he's not gonna block a ton of shots. I just – he was my top center on the board. And, um, you know, center falls – like we keep saying, center falls off so much. I know I'm getting like a 14 and 10, 15 and 10 with Carter. Uh, he's got decent percentages. Even if it's like 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8 blocks per game, uh, it doesn't really bother me just because I liked him so much more than the other centers. I really thought about going Podal. Um, it's really good value for someone like Podal. But um, the way I constructed my team, uh, a, a pick I made later in the draft, I didn't want to pair with Podal. Um, so that was kind of the game plan. I was kind of looking ahead, lucky that I ended up getting him. Uh, ben Simmons, who I, again, I just didn't want to pair with Podal. Uh, I wanted to yeah. get those steals and assists from Ben Simmons. And I felt like I can maybe address blocks later. Uh, so again, I was kind of, I was sort of looking ahead and, you know, I, again, Carter was just, um, my top center off the board. And even though it might be a little bit of a reach, yeah, you have to do it, unfortunately. Yeah. You got to take your guys. You just, <laughs> these drafts, you never know when that center run is going to go. And you, you, you don't want to be on the, on the back end of it. Right. So. I don't, yeah, I, I, I have no issues with it. Lucas, pick it from the seventh spot. Um, you kind of mentioned earlier that's kind of, you know, where you want to maybe settle in. Uh, Luca, uh, talk to me about Luca. Um, I like it. Uh, you know, obviously he's leading points, rebounds, assists. Uh, we sit, the concern is just always, um, you know, the free throw percent, right? And 75%, but he, 
I don't think anybody would be surprised if he hit 80%. He's just too good of a shooter to, to remain down there. So talk to me about Luca. Yeah. Um, with Luca, um, I know, you know, a lot of people are kind of concerned a little bit about the free throw percentage and it's definitely something I've kept very close in mind, uh, when building around him. Uh, but as far as just the raw points, you know, rebounds and assists, um, and the fact that, uh, in last year's playoffs, um, I think he kind of got a taste of, of really high end success going to the Western conference finals. And I, I think he's going to just try to get even better, you know, only age 23 and playing all summer, uh, in the Euro league. Um, you know, he's going to come in in better shape than normal too. So that's an, a small plus. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I have no issue there. I know a lot of people, you know, will point to his, you know, lack of defensive stats and the, the both percentages, but, you know, like I said, I think his free throw percent can, can take over, you know, it can, it can improve there. Second round, Bam Adebayo, uh, center. Were you targeting center here? He's, he's forward center eligible, so that's um, that's something that's really nice uh, with you know flexibility moving forward in the draft. So, was Bam Adebayo your target here? Yeah, um, kind of seeing some of the draft boards and seeing how much of a premium you know there is on centers. Um, I wanted to get someone I felt really good about, um, and with Bam uh, being so young and, and so durable. Uh, providing a sprinkling of assists and uh, some good steals. He plays a ton of minutes just because the team is relying on him so much. Um, I just felt pretty good about him. Um, obviously, I think the players that kind of go after him that aren't centers, I like their talent a lot better, and I think they have more upside, but I just didn't want to get in the cold and uh, you know have to look at Vucevic and you know, round three or something crazy. Yeah, yeah, and again, we talked about how you know, center falls off so much. Um, getting a guy like Bam was just a stud second round talent. Um, you know, you can't go wrong. Um, and then you're able to get Bradley Beal in the third round, which I loved. Uh, I thought that was an amazing pick just because he could easily have a first, second round caliber season. Um, he's done it before. He's a star player that's going to have really high usage. Um, talk to us about that pick. Yeah, um, with Beal, um, he had a pretty bad year last year relative to his standards. And uh, some people might think that there's some decline. Um, but as far as just the amount of shots he's going to get and going to pretty much run the offense through him, being a nice source of assists and scoring, um, he doesn't give you as many threes as kind of you might think since his shots kind of fallen off a little bit without John Wall. But um, I just thought the amount of, you know, 25 points and, and solid uh, solid assist was was worth it here with the uh, elite free throw percentage to balance out Doncic. Yeah, yeah, and you're getting two, like, monster scoring players, um, you know, with Luka and Beal. Uh, the two of them together are giving you uh, 50 points a game, basically. Uh, so that's huge there. And then fourth round pick. After Beal, you went with Kawhi Leonard, um, which I think – I didn't check ADP, but that might be close to his max. Um, while I check, go ahead and your your thought process going Kawhi Leonard there. You know, I uh, I, I kind of was really considering Kawhi Leonard in third just because 
you know, I feel like on a per game basis, and that's always the key with Kawhi, that he is still potentially first round value. Um, now, you had mentioned earlier, he's going to rest almost every back to back, and I certainly do agree with that. And picking him goes firmly against kind of what I had said as my strategy as going for as much volume as I can. I know Giuseppe had hit that point on some other pods, and uh, but I just couldn't resist in round four getting potentially an MVP level player. Now he could kind of be a lesser version of himself, but I think because he took as much recovery time as he did, and you know if he gives me 60 games, I feel like he could be first round uh, caliber player still. Yeah, so his previous max was um, 42, and you got him at 49. I think so that's, that's aw- awesome va- value there. Like, just incredible value. I was going to pick him if you weren't going to take him. Yeah, I uh, I really was highly considering him in the third just because I feel like he's another one of those guys kind of like Durant and Jokic where, you know, he, he really doesn't have too many weaknesses. His steals and blocks have slipped a little bit now that he's not as young, but um, – you know, he, he's a player that's won multiple championships on multiple teams. And um, I don't know, I feel like it, I just am happy to bet on him, even though he goes against kind of avoiding injuries, which I like to do. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like you said, getting him at 49, that's just ridiculous value. Um, and then in the fifth round, you took Toronto Scotty Barnes, um, you know, solid all around player to pair with uh your four studs talk about uh, Scotty Barnes. Yeah. Um, you know, with Barnes, um, he kind of fits more into the Doncic and Bam category of just really young player whose team's going to ride them as hard as they can. And as far as just the volume of games, I feel pretty good about him. You know, in his rookie year, he blew away every single expectation that was set for him outside of three point shooting, uh, but being just kind of a really dangerous point forward on a good team. Um, I've seen some concerns that, you know, he has limited upside with Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam being there to take more of the shots. And yeah, I can see that from him becoming like a first round pick, but I feel like he is in a great ecosystem to help him uh, develop. So I was happy to take him. Yeah. The only issue with Barnes is that his shooting fell off as the year went on. I know he started off really hot uh, and then he fell off a little bit, but like you said, he's going to play, you know, 35 minutes a game. Uh, he's super young. He could definitely get better. Uh, the steals, blocks are both there. Um, and then with your sixth round pick, you went with Jakob Pertl. Um, So you get both your centers, uh, your sixth round with um, your first six picks. Uh, talk about Jakob. Yeah, um, with Pertl, um Obviously, he's one of the better rim protectors in the game and um, a player that's free throws are going to kind of hurt me quite a bit. Um, But I hope that I have enough padding to kind of take that blow. And he also has a decent, um, a little bit of playmaking, I think, in his game. And on a team that's going to be desperate for options, you know, maybe you see a couple of assists go his way that weren't there previously, but it was really just looking for extra blocks and to, uh, patch up the second center spot so I didn't feel like I was putting in like a 20-minute-per-game guy. Now, are you scared at all? Because um, obviously, in my opinion, a lot of teams are going to tank for Wembenyama. Uh, he might be the best prospect we've seen in a decade. So are you at all scared that the Spurs um, are going to deal Pirtle? And he could even – I think he's good enough to be a starter, 
where he goes, but are you scared at all that he could trade? He can get traded and end up being like a backup. Maybe he goes to like the Lakers or something like that, where he plays a backup role. Yeah, you uh, you had mentioned that the other day, and I thought that was an interesting thought. And I had kind of looked into his contract, and he makes enough money, and he's at age twenty seven, uh, to the point where I think he's a, a bit better than kind of a band aid, where a team would just add him for the playoff rotation. Uh, but he's also maybe not good enough to be uh, kind of a, a key cog. So I, I would think that if he were to be traded, he would be used, um, you know, in a similar role as far as the minutes. But who knows? He could be traded into a backup role and play, you know, 18 to 20 minutes as a, a premium, you know, role player. So that is a possibility, but I'm not overly concerned. Fish had mentioned um, in our group chat, he had mentioned the Hornets. And that's um, that, w- that would be a really good uh, fit because they have Mason Plumley currently at center. Yeah. I think they'd want to upgrade there. So there's def- far far from a guarantee that he goes to a backup role if he gets dealt. Um, yeah, you gotta, you'd, you'd think if somebody's going to trade for him that they're going to they're trading for him to use him, right? Um, you know, maybe maybe they're just trading for him for depth, but I'm I'm just shocked that he hasn't been traded yet, right? Like I thought once once Dejounte Murray got traded, I thought he was next, and you know things would be a little more clear. But like we kind of mentioned earlier, like we're we're getting closer to the season now, and I just I don't know. I don't see it happening unless, like you said earlier, Ryan, like there, if there's an injury or something. Uh, but if there's an injury and he gets traded, then he's going to be playing, right? Because they're feeling an injury. So um, yeah, I think his I think his playing time is is pretty safe at least uh, at least until the, the trade deadline. All right, Giuseppe, um, the 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 draft champions overall winner from uh, a year ago, uh, drafting from the eight slot. Um, we kind of touched on it earlier. James Harden, LeBron James start. To me, it's tough to find a better start than this. Um, I know Ryan and I both have James Harden in our top five, and I I have LeBron James as a first round pick at the at the end. So, talk to me about that, uh, Harden and and. In LeBron James. Yeah, so James Harden for me was kind of a no-brainer. Um, I would have thought maybe potentially going Doncic as well, just because I have other shares of Harden. I have plenty of shares, so if he had fallen, maybe I would have thought of that. But um, <clears throat> otherwise, I was going to go Harden because I think he's a top four or five player. And... Um, I think he's kind of being overlooked this year because everybody just thinks he had a way more terrible year last year than he actually did. Um, I think it's just been hyped up that he just didn't have uh, a normal James Harden year. But I mean, a normal James Harden year is is basically number two um, or even number one potentially, right? Um, So I think he's going to be motivated. I think, um, you know, he took a pay cut in Philly um, to make the team better. Um, I think he's going to be really motivated. Um, with LeBron, he's he's the last of the guys that I would consider um, a like a, a top like first round pick kind of thing. Like the like there's about fifteen or sixteen guys that I think could pretty much um, finish in that like top twelve area, and he was pretty much the last one of those guys. So um, at that point, there wasn't really um, an option for me. Like. I love Bam. I love Sabonis. Um, before the trade, I I might have taken Garland here 
because the first few DC um, drafts, I was taking Garland as early as around this area. But after the trade, I think um, he fell to maybe around where he should be. Like maybe I probably push him closer to 24, end of the second maybe beginning of the third for Garland. But um, so for me, LeBron was, was kind of a no brainer too. Um, I normally don't draft LeBron. I don't think I, I, it's been probably at least three, four years that I've drafted LeBron. So it's not exactly something I would normally go for just because of uh, the free throw percentage. But given the fact that Harden was my first pick as well, it kind of negates some of that. Um, But I do feel I was playing catch up, despite having Harden, um, having LeBron as my second pick for free throw, because that's one thing that my percentages, I like to have them really high. Um, uh, like if you look at previous DCs and you look up my free throw and, and field goal percentage in the overall ranks, you'll see that like most of my teams are up in the top 15 or 20. I don't want to have to worry about those percentages at all later in the draft. And so that's why usually I kind of, stay away from LeBron, but given the way the draft um, came to me, I felt like that was the only way to go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, For me, for Harden, you know, like you said, the percentages, that free throw percent, I mean, he had 8.2 attempts a game last year. And it was eighty seven point seven percent from the free throw line. And that was, and that was on, on the low side. He normally has more free throw attempts than that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think he's taken less shots too. You know, that's yeah. kind of why his points per game are down. But if you look at all of his other stats, like 7.7 rebounds a game last year for a guard is phenomenal. 10.3 assists. Excellent. So you're locking that in. You know, he's still he's still going to average, you know, between 22 and 24 points a game. So he's not a negative in points by any means. And, you know, his, his field goal percentage did take a, a, a dip down. But if he can get back a little bit more to his career norm, you know, that's it's not going to be as big of a, a detriment to your team. I, I, yeah, and threes, he's elite in steals, and he chips in and blocks. So he kind of does a little bit of everything. Um, so to me, Harden is a no-brainer. With and LeBron, I'll oh, go ahead and run. No, no, to his point that Harden's um, bad, bad season was overstated. He was the fifth-ranked player on a per-game basis last year. So I don't like, I, I don't know when Harden became this villain, maybe because he went to the Nets to team up with Durant and Kyrie that a bunch of people like didn't like him. There's something with the narrative that people didn't like Harden, but he's still an elite fantasy player and could easily be going in the top five. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think it was on our last episode, Ryan. I said that I think LeBron James is going to set a career high in threes this year. Um, I think he's going to try to avoid less contact. I think he's going to fire away. And we saw him last year put up one of his better fantasy seasons, right? I mean, his steals and blocks were high. I don't expect the blocks to continue to be that high. I think with Anthony Davis back, you know, LeBron's going to take a little bit less of a defensive defensive role, but he's still going to be, you know, a contributor there. But obviously points, rebounds, assists from a forward. I mean, it's, it's tough to find a better start than Harden and James. And just like you said, just I'd be like getting that, Getting that hardened anchor at free throw percent, that you're willing, you're okay to take on that James uh, LeBron James uh, second round pick. Then round three, you go to Jante Murray. Um, I have seen in, in my drafts he has not gone in the third round. So this to me is about where he should go. Um, I, I thought he was going too too early in the in the other drafts that I was in when he's going like the mid 
mid-second. Uh, but yeah, right here, uh, round three, this is this is great right here. This is exactly where I would take him. Obviously, we saw a, an insane breakout season last year. He's going to Atlanta, so I think a little bit of his usage, usage is going to go down a little bit. Uh, but he was another uh, guy that was elite in steals. Talk to me about DeJounte Murray there. So to be honest, I I, I almost clicked on Beal, not even realizing DeJounte was still there because I've, I've been so used to seeing him go earlier. Um, and then kind of like last minute, I'm like, oh, wait, like DeJounte's here. Like that's kind of surprising. Um, yeah, I've seen him going mostly around uh, 24 to 27 range in most of my drafts um i don't have any shares of him i do have shares of bradley beal i kind of was a coin flip between the two i really do like bradley beal, beal here as well he kind of would have fit really nice with what i was doing here also um but then uh i i think that like now at the at this point just like you mentioned um like the discount is kind of baked in right because i think last year he was like almost a top 12 player or so um and then um so you know they discounted him a bit by by you know at the beginning actually the first one a uh, couple of drafts i think he actually went pretty high um he was going even as early as like 14 or 15 which was crazy i thought um but now um i think at at this point i couldn't really pass that on especially because i don't have any shares of him and i figured um i might not have any shares based on how he's been going in other drafts um so yeah i took him there and then the second i took him there I started thinking in my mind that I'm I one of the things I want to do with this team and and I'm going to be honest with you this is the team I dislike the most out of all the teams I've drafted so far um because I kind of got dismantled uh when hurdle got taken from me <laughs> so so I, I like and, and I'll explain that later but but um I kind of wanted to go with heavy steals um, because we are also going after an overall championship here. And so sometimes um, if I have some specific players that are concentrated in the area, I, I think why not just like really go nuts in one of the categories and see if I can get one of my teams uh, really up there in, in something that maybe people kind of like forget about, right? Because everybody's so worried near the beginning to like get their blocks, uh, to get their points, etc. So I thought, let me try this. Yeah, uh, the, the steals category is not going to be an issue for you here. Uh, round four, Drew Holiday. Uh, this was this was probably the latest I've seen him go. Uh, I would have I would have taken him here as well. Uh, Drew Holiday, Dejounte Murray, James Harden, and LeBron James. Uh, you might not need another steal from another one of your players uh, <laughs> for the rest of the draft. I think those guys are going to just. I think you're going to walk to the to the steals. Um, I just think he's so consistent, right? Like Drew Holiday, if you look back, he's, I think he got like 1.6 blocks, uh, steals per game, sorry, about like at least four or five seasons. And he's mm -hmm. always in that one point, like four to 1.7 or 1.8 range. I don't think he's ever gone as high as 1.8, but uh, just it's around that range. He's pretty safe. Um, he's not one of those guys that just has these random steal seasons that might uh, go back and, and you have to worry about that. Like, I mean, because obviously DeJounte could be that, but the thing is with the, with DeJounte is that he's actually an, a really good defender, right? He's not, a, he's not getting his steals based on um, uh, taking some random risks um, 
uh, like perhaps maybe like Gary Trent, for example, we saw like a big jump in his steals uh, recently, but that, that could have been because, you know, the system, he was able to um, like do that in, in Toronto with the, with the, all those big guys that they had playing ar around with him. Um, whereas I think DeJounte's, uh, DeJounte's just got, he's a great defender, right? Same as Drew Holiday, right? He's like all, all defensive team, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So round five. Um, so you got, you got, you go with another guard here. Uh, you fill your fourth guard slot with Terry Rozier. Um, obviously a, a ton of threes. He seems to be, um, underrated every single draft season i think people are just waiting and waiting for him to fall off and he hasn't and he's in a super fantasy friendly team uh with charlotte talk to us about uh terry rogier because this pick um it, it kind of much like some of my picks it kind of set the tone uh because you're four guards now and one forward and no center so talk to me about terry rogier yeah so i'm um, i've been going heavy guards um in all my drafts, I'm trying to get at least three to three to four guards in my first six picks. And the thing is, is that I feel like the scarcity um, in the drafts uh, very much is later on. It's hard to get my assists uh, and it's hard to get my points. Um, and so when I get to s these points in the draft, I start looking at the players available. I see a guy like Terry Rozier, and then I look at someone who's available that's like a forward and the difference in their point scoring sometimes is potentially like four or five points per game. And I'm like, where am I going to, where am I going to get that back? Right. I'm not, I'm not mm -hmm. going to be able to get that back. Whereas with rebounds, right. I can get somebody later on that can get an eight or nine rebound and they might hurt my free throw. But if I've got five guards on my team already, they're not going to really hurt my free throw that much. Right. So I'm building like a huge foundation of free throw percentage, which is also very difficult to get later on in round in the rounds because someone might hit really good free throw, but they are only going to the line three, four times, which is not going to make that much of a difference. Right. Um, yeah. So that's just what I've been seeing in the drafts. That's the style and the way I've been going. Um, and I did this fully with the intent, like I said, of hopefully getting somebody like uh, Wendell Carter or Jakob Hurdle with one of my next picks. And and that's where I say, like, I didn't really like the way this draft went because I wasn't able to get one of those centers because I really did want a center with my next pick. But I once Hurdle was off the board, I felt anybody after Hurdle that was on my board was a little bit of a reach in the sixth round. So then I was stuck because I'm like, okay, am I going to, if I, if I took um, hurdle or took, for example, Wendell Carter, then with the next pick, I would have potentially even gone another guard because I really love Brunson there. And I really mm -hmm. love Devin Vassell. Right. Like I would, mm -hmm. I would have, and, and that would have built up my free throw even more because of the fact that I would have taken hurdle and then I could take another bad free throw center later on, and I don't care because my free throw is so high, right? So, but like I said, the 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 hurdle pick before me kind of threw me off, right? So good on you, Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hurdle's a huge target for me too. I just, yeah. I, I love his fantasy game. Um, yeah, that's uh that was tough. And then you got Franz Wagner there um, uh, in the sixth. So, yeah, you went forward and. That, and obviously, I like 
I like him a lot too. So. Well, I had I had three targets. I was hoping that I would potentially get two of them in the next two picks and then wait even longer for my center. Like I was joking around with uh, Eric Janecki on, on Twitter saying I'm punting centers during this draft. Right. And then, and he was laughing about it because I really, I, I wanted uh, Franz Wagner. I wanted Keldon John, one of Wagner Johnson and Markinen. And then they went right after I thought Markinen would, potentially fall i should have looked at the draft board and saw that it was gazowitz that was drafting at the end there with two picks so unlikely that he was going to fall but i just it was a toss-up between franz wagner and keldon johnson i had a lot of shares of keldon in my other drafts so that's what the tie break was for me and then i just like i said i really liked laurie markinen but i just thought okay he'll fall and he he didn't end up falling because i would have liked his rebounds his scoring there um because i i despite having all these guys i am a little bit light in scoring okay that's why I, later on i went with buddy healed too right after zubak yeah yeah more threes um yeah so you ended up i mean you still ended up with with zubach and and claxton as your two centers so exactly and that's what i'm saying like i'm 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 not too concerned considering that a lot of my other guys will get me some rebounds and then you know i followed up with horford gordon vanderbilt should get a lot of rebounds on a tanking team okay so that's why i'm i'm not really worried about rebounds and i've always said even in my in my in podcasts before is that if there's one category that i'm okay not being in the top uh seven or eight when i'm doing this is is blocks i'll just chip away at blocks wherever i can because there's just a few elite block guys and a, and a few of them like um uh williams there like take so much away from your points that um it's harder to get back those points um, and so that's why I'd rather not take Robert Williams. Yeah, and I've we talked Ryan and I talked on the previous episodes. Robert Williams is just a massive fade for us. Um, he just yeah, what in one category? I mean, his field goal percentage is elite, but like it's low volume, right? So it doesn't really affect your team yeah. field goal percent all that much. Not as much as you think it would. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anything else uh, from the first uh, from the first six rounds from our teams here? from anybody no i think um i think if you want to do really quick um uh, an early round bust late round bust and we can do the same thing for a breakout if we want to go round table with that really quick yeah go ahead ryan start it off well no no let's let james because james did his team first so okay let's let let's just let james talk again all right yeah james first uh um, you got a bust in the first couple rounds um it's you know it's so tough, man. I I kind of I'm sort of shying away from Anthony Davis. Uh, I totally acknowledge that he could be like a top seven or eight player if everything went perfectly, but I don't really like uh, just how big he's gotten. I think he's just his body's kind of breaking down, um, and. Yeah, I just think he's he's a massive injury risk. Uh, the performance has kind of declined, um, so I'm just not that into to AD. But I, I could see that turning out fine as well. I just think he's really risky where he's going. Yeah, his free throw percent has kind of fallen off too over the last couple of years. So if that doesn't come back up, then yeah, and then obviously you got the injury risk on top of all that. So yeah, I, I, 
he he's a target for me at the back end of the first uh, if I'm back drafting the back end, but I get it. I definitely get it. Uh, my boss is Trey Young. Um, I think everything just the stars aligned last year for him. I uh, led the league in points and assists. I think his usage is going to come down, because, and so those are going to come down. Uh, he set a career high in field goal percent. Maybe that stays, but if he goes back to career norm, that's coming down. And he doesn't doesn't chip, doesn't block, doesn't do anything in blocks, doesn't do anything in rebounds, um, and he averages a sub one steals a game. So he's just going way too high for me. Uh, I was really Rudy. surprised. Uh, I was really surprised to see Trey Young as you know one of the top three or four players off the board in these drafts. Cause I, you know, I know he's a lot younger, so that's a nice benefit, but I feel like him and, you know, kind of Dame Lillard and Curry kind of have some similarities. So just to see him, you know, sure in a way in the top five was surprising. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we'll see how it goes, you know, as we get closer to the season, but I would imagine he would settle in more in the the middle to the end of the first. To me, he's a second round pick, but I, I get why people do like him. Ryan, who do you got for a bust? Uh, for me, there's a few. I know we talked about Robert Williams a lot, but that's. Um, I think I'm going to go with uh, John Morant. Um, he could obviously he was 32nd on the player rater last year on a per game basis. So obviously he can be a top 36 player. I just think he has a ton of injury risk. Um, I don't know. We've talked about that with so many players, but just the way he plays, it's kind of similar to Kyrie. He's kind of like a smaller guy and plays around the rim a lot, um, which leads to him getting hurt. Uh, I'm just not comfortable uh, with taking him where he goes. Obviously in the third round, it's not as bad, but taking him as like a second Late second, early third round pick. I don't feel uh, too great about it. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, he still doesn't hit threes. Uh, free, uh, field goal percent was good last year, but, um, you know, if it goes back to career norm, it's not good. But, yeah, free throw percent is an elite for, for a guard. And like you said, yeah, he gets injured a lot. He broke out last year, though. He was a great pick where he was going last year. And – and now I think he's just going a little bit too high for my liking as well. Lucas, who do you got for a bust? Yeah, so funny enough, you guys hit on a lot of the busts that I had written down, so I tried to kind of come up with a few. Um, but one player that I think is going uh, too early for my liking is Zion Williamson. Um, I think there's a lot of, you know, obviously injury risk there, but it goes much further beyond that, where I think they're going to give him a ton of rest on back-to-backs. And even if he does stay fully healthy, um, for him to be one of your kind of early picks, you're not getting that premium in blocks or steals and going to hurt your free throws. Um, and also, I'm pretty terrified of him staying healthy. So I think that even if he did, it's not like the reward is is that great outside of obviously the points and field goals percentage are, are super elite but um, and rebounds as well. But uh, I don't know. I just think because of the big name that he has, he's kind of going earlier than, than I'd like. So the reason I really like Zion is because you're not getting a potential 30-point-per-game score any later than the third, fourth. Like The fact that you're getting him in the fifth round and he could legitimately score 30 points per game on 60% shooting. Um, you're right about the in- being injury-prone and it being a risk, but I feel like in the fifth round, that price is like totally fine for me. 
and I'm willing to take on that risk. But everything you said is totally valid. No, that's fair. And when I was looking at him, it's not like I supremely dislike him. I just feel like he's going like maybe one round earlier than I'd like. And, you know, at the top of the board, you know, the margins are so thin since this ADP is so strong with great players. That's kind of where I was at there. Yeah, he's he's pretty much been a bust or, yeah, a fade for me for the last couple of years. But, yeah, if, if he's fifth round, I'm, I'm a little bit more willing to take take it on. But I have to make sure that my free throw percent is pretty much locked in. Like, I need a James Harden in the first round um, or, like, a Trey Young even. Um, Durant, one of those guys that gets the free throw line a lot. I need I need a really nice base of free throw percent if I'm able to uh, if I'm willing to bring him on. Giuseppe, who do you got for a bust? So my bust is uh, Towns. Um, my take is that I I'm not going to have any shares of him this year at all. I'm not, I wouldn't take him in the first round to be honest with you. Um, I think uh, you got Edwards scoring and usage is going to start going up going into his third year. Um, we got Gobert there, uh, taking up rebounds. He's going to be taking more threes. So his field goal percentage probably isn't going to be as elite as it was in the past. He's playing away from the net. So maybe he doesn't go to the free throw line as often. So, and, and he's got D'Angelo Russell contract year. So he's going to be handling the ball. He's got another defender on the court with McDaniels potentially. So they got like all these potential negatives, right? Like, like mm-hmm. people are saying, well, Minnesota is going to be incredible because they've got these two bigs and they're going to open up the floor and they've got this guy who can shoot better than any big has ever done. That's great. But, um, if I want three pointers, then I'll just get them later in the draft, right? Like if if we're if we're right. decreasing all these other things that made him such an incredible number one player, um, and then maybe increasing some threes, I, I I'll get that later in the draft, right? Um, he might not get as many blocks, etc. So I just I just don't think there's too many question marks around him. Um, for me to like say that I'm going to build my entire team with him as my first round pick. Yeah, I I agree. I, I he's going to be going too high for me. He's more of a back end of the first round kind of guy, and I don't think we'll ever see him go at the back end of the first. Yeah, the the, the rebounds and blocks are going to come down. I think he's going to be playing more as a stretch forward than as a center. So, yeah, Goldberg is just, he's too much of a beast on the inside. He's, there's just yeah, he's, his we talk about usage with guards, right? Well, his defensive stats are going to come down because it's going to be all going to Gobert. Every rebound, all the, all the big man blocks uh, that, you, that Towns used to get, and I think that's going to be Gobert now. So, But it was a good point about um, – and the same thing applies with Trey Young. You don't know what his usage is going to look like with DeJounta. You don't know if they're going to change the offense. Uh, same thing with Towns. You don't know because uh, you know, they've never done it before. So when you're picking in the first round, you want at least, even if you're taking an injury-prone guy, you want at least like guaranteed production. You know what you're getting. I feel like with Towns and Trey Young, you don't know exactly like what you're getting in terms of each step. I, I agree with you, Ryan. I, I think my only difference, though, between the two is I think a little bit the attitude. Like I feel like even before Gobert uh, 
going there. Towns is his personality is one where like he he doesn't have that like dominant personality when he's on the court. I feel um, like like give me the ball, let me do it. Whereas I think Trey Young's got that like super overconfidence, like I'm the guy kind of thing. So I think that despite uh, Deshante being there, he might just be like, hey, let's show up everybody. Like the two of us are just gonna like put on a show for the entire NBA. And then like even the way Dejounte's been acting like an ass the entire summer with like getting in people's faces and stuff like that. I think they're just going to play off each other and, and just be like, uh, I don't know, like, like some kind of wrestling team from like the WWE back in the day kind of thing. Right. Um, whereas Carl Anthony Towns and Gobert aren't going to be that wrestling team. Right. Like, like Carl Anthony Towns is kind of just kind of like the gentle giant kind of guy. That's what I see him as. So I think he's, he's more willing to take a step back if he has to, for like the team. Whereas I think Trey Young is going to just go for his, no matter what. No, that's a, that's a really good point. Yeah. Uh, breakout. Uh, one breakout. We'll we'll wrap it up after this. Uh, James, let's start with you. Uh, who's your breakout? You got? Yeah, you want to so go I, with someone someone past the third round, maybe fourth round or later breakout? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sounds yeah. good. Yeah, yep. I. This is kind of the thing that I noticed when I first started looking at ADP, but. Um, like, I think Franz Wagner is one of the most underrated young players in the league. He just doesn't really get the same level of hype as some other guys. But um, I just think what he did last year, especially how efficient he was and uh, what he kind of showed uh, in Eurobasket recently, um, I just think he could be one of those guys that is sort of above average across the board. And I was really annoyed to see that his ADP sort of starting off this high. Uh, I kind of thought he might be more of like a seventh rounder or eighth rounder, early eighth rounder, early in draft season. But uh, yeah, I just think he's really got a nice uh, all around skill set. No, it's a really good pick. And I don't know if people realize he was 20 years old last year. He did what he was when he put up a, a 15, four and three on good percentages as a 20 year old, you would think on such a, I mean, the, though the magic have some nice young pieces, like he's going to be one of their better players. Um, and even though Isaac and they're, and they're adding Bonchero, I really don't see Wagner like losing any playing time. Uh, I really, I really like that call. Yeah, I do too. Uh, yeah. I, Orlando's actually kind of becoming a little bit of a, uh, a little more of an exciting team to, watch right like they've just been so blah for so long and uh yeah i'm looking forward to seeing what they what they can do this year uh my breakout is going to be trey jones for uh san antonio 11 starts last year he had 13 and a half points 7.5 assists um and he averaged 1.1 steals and he's going at adp 125 right now so if you miss out on assists i think that's a that's going to be a, a huge target for me. He's it's it's he's running the show now, right? Dejounte Murray's gone, and they're gonna they're gonna give him the keys, and they got some playmakers around him, and I think that he can he can run the show. He doesn't turn the ball over much. I know we play uh, in a BKC's um, you know eight eight cats, so there's no turnovers. But in a nine nine cat league, I think he's uh, he would be a, even a bigger target for me. So I think he's going to be my breakout for this year. Ryan, who do you got? 
I'm going to go with uh, San Antonio Spur, Devin Vassell. Um, I took him in this draft. Um, in the seventh round. That's right after we stopped going over our players. But um, I just think uh, he's entering his third year. He took a massive step up last season. The Spurs, like you said, Trey Jones, um, him, Keldon Johnson, Podal, they're all going to get all the minutes they can handle. Um, they're a super young team that's probably going to, again, try to tank for Wembenyama. Um, and I just think Vassell could be a really good uh, you know, all-around contributor. He's going to score about 18 points per game, uh, give you a ton of threes. And even though his field goal percentage isn't great, he's not going to kill you. Uh, he should have an elite free throw percentage. Um, steals and blocks, he's going to contribute. I just really like him uh, in the seventh round. Yeah, there's a lot of usage up for grabs in San Antonio now. So it's not surprising that you and I each have a, a spur on our on our breakout list. Lucas, who you got for a uh, breakout? Well, uh, funny enough, um, Ryan completely took mine with Vassell. Uh, he was definitely going to be my call there just because I feel like his shot is so pure. I feel like they're going to weaponize him and, um, you know, he's not going to provide a lot of defensive stats necessarily, but like I just think points per game and, and, and a great shooting clip. But um, I'll go ahead and I'll give kind of more of a late round guy, uh, Cam Johnson from the Phoenix Suns. Um, I feel like he just fits into the team so well from a catch and shoot perspective. And, you know, he's going to probably play, a, you know, just a full workload of minutes, maybe potentially around 30 minutes. Um, and with Jay Crowder getting a little bit older, they might want to save him and, and put Cam Johnson out there more. So it's much more of a deeper name, but I think it's a guy who's going to beat his ADP. Yeah, he could definitely start there too. I could see um I could see them slowly phasing out James because he's a better he's a better player than than Jay Crowder. Um so I could definitely see him getting uh, starter minutes this year. Yeah. All right, let's wrap it up. Giuseppe, what do you got for your uh, breakout? Um I think the an obvious one that a lot of people are talking about is Brandon Clark. Uh, given the situation in Memphis, given the fact that he's still really young, I think that um, it's kind of crazy that um, Fish, you were still able to get him in the beginning of the eighth. Um, I, I think that, um, like, at the beginning, he's probably going to put up, like, good, like, six-round value. And so, I mean, depending on how long um, uh, they've got the injury, uh Jaron Jackson Jr. There, um, it could be more. Like I, I think that, like just listening to the mem like um, some people from Memphis, I think some people have heard some podcasts and they're saying they're talking up like other players in Memphis starting, and so I think people have been a little bit worried about that and haven't pushed them um, as high as he should be going. And um, so I think that in the next few weeks, closer to the start of the NBA season, we're going to see Brandon Clark. I think climbing up the draft boards and I, I probably into like the seventh round so i i think you may have gotten him maybe your last chance of getting him as as late as you did fish um in this one because i think a lot of people are gonna end up being pretty high on him yeah he's just one of those guys that i, I you know he fit my team i needed some blocks he's gonna give you blocks uh his minutes per game is is gonna be it should be up right it should be up compared to last year with, with like like you said with the injury uh, lead field goal percent and and rebound. So, yeah, uh, I'm ho I'm hoping you're right since I have him. 
but uh yeah no this is awesome uh thank you guys so much for for joining ryan and i um first official guest on our podcast so um i hope you guys enjoyed it we had a good time um lucas uh you want to start us off let us know uh where everybody can find you on on twitter yeah uh you can feel free to find me at lucasberry33 um so yeah james where can they where can we find you uh at real jr anderson and uh rotowire.com slash try if you want a free trial. Nice. Giuseppe? I'm at uh, Super Buckwild. I, I, I'm hoping uh, Lucas unfollows me after taking KCP uh, just now. I think that it was it you that took KCP? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of pissed at that. I was hoping you'd come <laughs> back. So yeah, you can click that unfollow button. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I was staring right at uh, Cole Anthony because he'd been slipping, and I just, you know, as much as he slipped, I just couldn't do it, man. I don't know. I just, yeah. That was a nice mid-pod pick, KCP. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, good stuff, guys. Thanks again for, for hopping on with us. And, uh, yeah, until next time, we will see everybody later. Awesome. Thank you for once again tuning into another episode of the In the Cut Fantasy Sports Podcast. Ryan and I really appreciate the support. You can find me on Twitter at Pile of Dial. Ryan is at Ven underscore Armbarn. In the words of the legendary Young Dolph, I respect the hustle because I live and breathe it. Peace.